Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Weezer. Today, we are here with a very special guest. But before I announce her, let me tell you a little bit about the podcast. We Are Weezer is a podcast about Weezer. And we pick a song, we review it, we rate it, we tell everybody fun details. We search the internet. Sometimes we have a special guest host. We have fun segments, Weezer news, all kinds of stuff. But mainly we we pick a song and, and discuss it. So yeah, that's about it. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Lori Schreiner. And just in case you don't recognize the name, Lori is uh the sister of Weezer's bassist, Scott Trainer. Welcome to the show, Lori. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. And so you picked Burnt Jam. Can you tell us why you picked this song? You know, uh, when I first heard Burnt Jam on the Maladroit album, it was the first album that Scott was recording on. So I was really keen to listen to it and I got to say that Burnt Jam really hit me like a ton of bricks. It was something that I very much heard his signature in, I guess you could say. I could hear the kind of the slap bass going on and it just, his personality, his playing personality just kind of came through right away. And I just, I love the song. I love how it goes from very light and melodic to something very heavy and crunchy. You know, one of the things that I'm really curious is, about is how the name of the song originated specifically the spelling of the mm -hmm. song because i i have suspicion and i would like to ask him or maybe we could you know get a bet going as to as to how the name was developed because i don't know when i when i see that word jam i think i can just kind of hear in my head i can hear scott saying hey guys this is a great jamba i could hear him being corny <laughs> you know i maybe rivers picked up on that and you know, suck it in the title. It's, I just think it's a fun way to spell it. Well, and Weezer doesn't um, really play around with spelling. Actually, Correct. never mind. I totally take that back, but not very often. I think the craziest they'll ever get is like with girls with a Z, but usually everything's spelled normal. So both of these words are spelled funny. Yes. And that is interesting. But my thought is that if you think so, you're probably right, but we should bet. Yes. Um, so I'll be devil's advocate and say it it was reverse. <laughs> what do I what do we win? Maybe I don't know, a quarter. How about my <laughs> my plastic Jesus? Plastic Jesus, there you go. <laughs> well, um, so is it cool if we jump into an interview with you? Sure, why not? Okay. Question number one, is it weird having a rock star brother? <laughs> wow. You know, it. I don't think it will ever stop being weird. 
And I think the, the word that would fit more accurately is surreal. You know, I, I think I've, I've gotten more accustomed to him being in a, in a rock band and being a rock star, as it were. And, I just, you know, the first couple of times that I had heard him perform were just, you know, my heart was beating like a rabbit. So, yeah, that's weird. And um, it is very surreal. I don't think it will ever not be a little weird. Yeah. Are you older or younger than Scott? I am four years younger. So you kind of probably always looked up to him. Oh, definitely. So does this, like, are you like super proud when you see him up there? Bursting with pride. Like, that's my brother. Exactly. Yeah, I would it's, be too. It's really, it's the weirdest feeling. It's, I've had, I have to say, I've had the highest natural highs of my entire life watching him perform. For sure. So you said that um, when you first went to go see him, how is it different? Like, how is it different for you now than before? Is it something because you had to adjust? So I'm wondering, like, do you just get to see him less or is it? Yeah. As far as our relationship goes, yeah, it's completely, you know, getting famous and being out there and touring will definitely change your family dynamic. And, um, you know, I, I get to see him maybe once a year, twice if I'm really lucky. So it's like now, I think now when I go to shows, the time that I have with him is so valuable, you know, and it's like, I can't wait to just have like that little one-on-one -on -one time where we can talk. And say like, how are you? Yeah. Like you. what's going you look on? Great. What you have for lunch? Yeah. Chinese good pizza places lately. <laughs> yeah. It's just regular brother, sister talk, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's hard to get a hold of him, and they're always touring now, so it's crazy. But it's, yeah, it's an adjustment, and it's been, I mean, it's been since 2000. So, I mean, it's been 18 years, and I just, the time has just kind of flown by, you know what I mean? But it's, it's become more normal, if that makes sense. But I'm, yeah, just, I'm just, get so, used to I'll, it. I'll never not be proud of him, and never, it just makes me smile. Cool. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite memory involving Scott? Oh my God. I have, I have so many great memories of growing up and, you know, we were just really goofballs all the time. And Scott was really good at making us laugh. And, you know, I, I wrote down a couple and I guess, you know, the one that has the most weight and the one that's the most meaningful to me that comes to my mind a lot is that, you know, I had, I'd always brought a lot of my problems to him. You know, if I would have a relationship problem, I would bring it to him. I was, about one of my boyfriends and um just i'm sorry i'm getting nervous just thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> you're fine okay let me just breathe i gotta hold my plastic jesus <laughs> anyway i think i think we were in a store shopping or something like that and i was complaining about my boyfriend and he just looked at me and he said "Lori, you are an angel and no one should ever be mean to you oh that's yeah that's the most precious memory I think that I have in my head he's just you know he's super supportive and he was always there for me when you know I would have problems and he's still that rock for me that's awesome thanks oh I gotta breathe <laughs> <laughs> anyway well, I, I think I you remember memories, that but... moment when someone reassures <laughs> you that you deserve better you know when yeah. someone goes just like fuck that guy you're awesome yeah. and don't worry about it. And exactly. you always need that, you know, like, oh, what is, so what's your favorite memory involving Weezer? 
I have a lot of those too. And I got to tell you, it was hard to pick. I just, I wrote a couple down. I mean, like seeing them at Jones Beach, and this must have been back in like 2010, 2009, they were touring with the Flaming Lips. Oh, fun. Where's Jones Beach? Jones Beach is in Long Island and it's way, yeah, it's way at the Eastern tip on the South shore. And, um, that show, I actually, that was the first time I actually got to sit stage side, mm-hmm. which was incredible. It was incredible. <laughs> and I had brought a couple friends of mine. And one of the friends was has always been a massive Weezer fan. So to just watch him and his expression as he was stage side was really cool. And um, my friend Kara took a picture of us. It was either Kara or Aaron took a picture of us. At the Flaming Lips show, and I have it on my Facebook page. I'll have to throw it up, but it's an amazing picture of Flaming Lips playing and a bunch of people on stage. And someone had actually invited me out on the stage to dance or do something. And I got so nervous, I just started doing the twist. It was really dorky. <laughs> it was really it's dorky, always, but it was a know, great time. The twist or the shopping cart, you've got, like, yeah. the, they're very easy to bring up when you're scrambling for something. Sure. <laughs> or that move from Pulp Fiction where you like do the. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, um, that was a great time. That was a really magical show, to be honest. And all the dudes are cool to you and nice and you get along with everyone. Are you Everybody best friends in the with band, Carl? Yes. Oh, no, not exactly. <laughs> I, I, I just try and be respectful and kind of keep my distance. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I met Rivers in the green room. And uh, I was so nervous to talk to him. He's, he's just he's so big, you know, and I I just kind of sat there and said, Rivers, I just wanted to say thank you for having my brother in the band. And he said, well, thank our last bassist for leaving. And that was it. And I didn't really, I don't, I haven't really talked to him much since then. I just try and, you know, I just try and give everybody some space. And, you know, I, I think that as far as coming around and stuff, I've done a lot of that with Pat. And so to answer one of the questions, you know, who's your second favorite person in the band? I would have to say Pat because he's so, he's just so funny and friendly and easygoing and he gives great hugs. Oh, yeah. So why, why is Pat your, your favorite besides Scott? Is, is you have good conversations? Definitely. I mean, I think he's the one that I've spent the most time with. Mm-hmm. So are they, are they super close, Pat and Scott? Uh, I mean, as close as you would have to be. I mean, the, the bass and the drums, that's a very tight relationship, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yeah. So that's just so, he's just so funny. He's just such a nice guy. Very genuine. He seems like a nice guy. They actually, I think they all uh, seem like nice guys. Yeah. I've, I've met, never had a bad experience, you know? Yeah, me either. I've met them all. Yeah. I have met Brian at a small show out here in LA. Mm-hmm. I met Pat at Jimmy Kimmel, and he took a picture with me, and that was oh. nice. Uh, met Rivers at like one of those like fan club meet and greet things, so we just took a quick picture. Mm-hmm. And Scott uh, took a picture with me outside of the, gosh, it was the Rhonda's Kiss show that I went to out here. He took a picture. I was like, Scott, let me have a picture. He just left out front like a normal person, which yeah. I... They all do that. Um, so it's kind of cool. They are like pretty down to earth and normal. Accessible, you, right? Yeah. Where you would think yeah. that they wouldn't be, but they right. were. And um, we all, you know, I come from 
back in the day, if you love a band, you wait out out the back for them to leave <laughs> and be a nerd and like get that last picture, that last autograph or that last yell at them. And so we were doing that at Jimmy Fallon. And so I got to see Scott leave and that sweet, sweet ride that they have. It's a, I don't know what it is, a but bus. it is, it's purple. Yeah. It's like very Scott, I would say. <laughs> have you seen it? Or Oh, his, like his personal car, his the car. charger? Yeah. The Dodge charger? Oh, yeah. The, it's like the prettiest color purple I've ever seen. Yes. And the kids were waving and Aww. like giving us the peace sign. And I'm like, Aww. oh my gosh, I love them so much. Aren't they the They're best? Adorable. They're so adorable and entertaining. Yes. Are you, so you, are you guys close? Are you good auntie? Yeah, I try as to close be. As I mean, you I can be <laughs> from far away. Yeah. I don't get to see them that often, but it's, it's been a real joy to watch Teraku grow up for sure. And now we've got the other little guy and just, their smiles are everything to me. Yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty yeah. awesome. Yep. So tell us something that we could never guess about Scott. Oh, I had to think about this for a long time. <laughs> and I guess, I guess I would say that you know maybe, um, maybe it's the fact that one of his first jobs was cleaning boats. Oh. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. He was like scrubbing wood in Toledo, Ohio, on the nice Chris Craft boats. Now they have that peak wood. Is there are you is there a lake? Lots of lakes lakes in Ohio? Lake Erie. Ah. And isn't that the biggest one? Or one yes. of the biggest ones? Okay. I think so. Yeah, Toledo's situated right on Lake Erie, so So is that his like a uh, teenager guy job? Yeah. That was one of them. And then the other one was uh scooping ice cream at Friendly's ice cream. I don't Very know if you nice. have those where you are. No. Is it like a, well, we have Baskin Robbins, 31 Flavors. We used to have Ferrell's. What do we have now? Thrifty. <laughs> I think Thrifty's everywhere. But I've never heard of Thrifty. Has it always been called Thrifty? They have really good chocolate malt ball crunch. Oh. Have you ever had that kind of ice cream? No. It's really good. It's it chocolate with like little tiny white malt balls in it and oh, like God. chocolate chips. That so, sounds incredible. Yeah, it's really good. You'll have to, next time you're here, yes. you have to go to Thrifty. And it's just like, they have like this signature scoop where it's like a, almost like a cylinder scoop instead of a ball. Ooh. And um, you get one or two of those in a cup and it's like, it's the jam. Sounds good to me. Pun intended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... Describe a typical family holiday or get together. Do you guys have any fun traditions? I mean, Christmas time has just passed, so I always think about Christmas stuff. And, you know, um, my family's a little different, I guess. And uh, my dad is a jazz musician. So he plays saxophone, right? He sure does. He plays tenor sax and flute. One of the things that was really impressed in my memory growing up is every Christmas Eve in Toledo, we would go to my great grandma Ruth's house and she lived on the east side of Toledo, which was, you know, you had to kind of go through or around downtown to get to it. And then after we went to grandma's house, the three of us, me, God, and my dad, we would go, you know, around town and look at all the Christmas lights. And then after the Christmas lights, we would go downtown and see if we could see any prostitutes 
you know, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, sometimes I'd wear Christmas outfits or whatever. We'd just look at them and, and then we would go shoot pool well, every Christmas Eve. Yeah. So I've been shooting pool since I could hold a stick. And so that's an unusual tradition. I guess it sounds like something a, a jazz musician would do, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's an unusual tradition, I think. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Did, so <laughs> the ladies of the evening wear yes. special outfits on Christmas? Sometimes they do. Wow. I mean, I, I guess you, a little go, tinsel you have on to there. be festive. Everyone does, right? You got to do something. I mean, you got to have a unique positioning statement. <laughs> you're trying to market yourself. Maybe hang a couple of ornaments. I don't know. So are you, so you're good at pool. I used to be good at pool. Do you play tournaments or anything or? I'm not that good quite yet, but I am on a league here where I live. I was, yeah. So my, I think the skill level goes from one to 10 or something like that. I'm now at a two. That's a good one. It's not bad. I'm not a shark, but you know, my dad taught me everything I know. And we all, that's one thing that three of us love to do together for sure. Pool is fun. Uh, is. If you don't play, though, you I, I lost it for sure. Like, I can't do it anymore. But I used to be able to play really good people. So I know I was good mm-hmm. at some point. But it's one of those things that you get sucked in because it's so fun. It's just, I don't know. There's something about it that really fills me out. If I'm really angry, if I go shoot pool, it just chills me right out. Well, probably the focus. And, like, you can only concentrate on that. And even if you're not shooting, you're strategizing about your next shot or what they're going to do or right. I don't know. So the last question we have is, so what is the coolest fanciest story that you can tell us about? I think you probably, well, you mentioned something already, but I don't know if that was your, your super awesome thing. I mean, there's just, there's so many things that have blown my mind and have been so incredible and wonderful. Like, I mean, the Weezer cruise blew my mind because you know i'd never been on a cruise before i've never been to the bahamas and then to you know to have the band in with it and all that and just to observe all the fans it was just man the cruise was a big deal for me that was that was a real big deal and it was very magical and special but i do i remember mentioning to you before that i have a story that kind of goes along with keep fishing and when they had performed that on the late show with david letterman was david letterman still around then I don't, probably long i don't even it, remember what's wrong with me uh i feel like he's only been gone maybe like five years really it could be longer but i don't know he's still alive right yeah he does he does a different show he does okay. like a host oh yeah that netflix special yeah he did it yeah i think there's a new netflix special with him correct anyway i'm sorry david letterman tangent it's all good my memory is so full of holes i just anyway so yeah i when they were touring for that album, I guess it was a green album, right? Yes. Right. And they, I think they played Keep Fishing at the Late Show with David Letterman. I was working a day when they were recording. I had no idea that they were even going to be on the show. And Scott calls me and he says, Lori, I have a ticket. I have one seat available for you to come and see us perform on the Late Shows. You know, right. This is when I was in New York. So it was right uptown. And, um, I said, gosh, Scott, I really, gosh, I really want to, but I'm, I'm afraid to leave work to do it. And when I look back on it now, it seems so ridiculous that I was afraid to ask for permission to leave, but I was so, I was so afraid of pissing off my boss. I was working for this lady who was this British A&R person. She did like artist representation stuff. 
I don't know. It was just, it was kind of a dark time for me. And I was so happy to have the job that I didn't want to do anything to upset her. But anyway, I'm on the phone with Scott and he says, you know, <laughs> I thought, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried about leaving. He said, Lori. And he got into this kind of commanding kind of tone. He said, listen to me. He said, that lady is a coos. You need to get down here because this, this is your only opportunity to do this, to do something like this. And I thought, okay, great. So I went ahead and and did it, and I'm so glad I did because I, I think that moment right there was the highest natural high I've ever had. Was just seeing him on that stage, and also it was about 40 degrees in the studio, so I was very pumped up. But you know, just that little motivational. That's talk, freezing. It it was very cold. It was probably more like no 55. It was very cold <laughs> in there, but it was just such a charged up moment, and I was so proud of him, and I was so glad that I took the opportunity to get up there and do it. And for him to give me that little speech, it was, it was important, you know? Yeah. He's like, dude, it's a job. You, you gotta to do it. Th- you gotta see me on David Letterman, man. Yeah. A once in a lifetime opportunity. I think that's how he worded it. But Yeah. Gosh, I don't think I've ever gone to any of those. Like I've always <sighs> wanted to go see Conan, Conan, whatever. Oh, I've yeah. always wanted to go see Conan. him, but I haven't really, I've never been able to see anyone else. And I guess I, Kind of went to Jimmy Fallon, but I was outside. Jimmy Kimmel. Right, Gosh, yeah. What, why do I keep calling? I keep calling Jimmy Kimmel Jimmy Fallon. Not it's cool. Okay. It's all right. Not the same thing, but close enough. <laughs> I don't even know if David Lemon's alive or dead. So. <laughs> it's okay. We figured it out. <laughs> well, are there any other cool or interesting, fun stories you want to share with us before we move on to song discussion? I think that's it for now. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to do song discussion with Lori. Uh, the song today is Burnt Jam. Uh, it's off of Maladroit. It's track seven. It was released May 14th, 2002, and recorded between 1217 of 2001 and February 13th of 2002. It's two minutes and 39 seconds long. It's very short. The label's Geffen. It's officially released. According to Setlist FM, it was live debuted May 20th, 2001 at KPNT 105.7 Point Fest 13. That's the longest name of a radio station ever. Yeah. And it's Rivers Cuomo song chronology number 596. Whew. Yeah. So tell us about the personnel, Lori. Well, personnel involved with Bird the Damba. <laughs> it's written by Rivers Cuomo, 
produced by Weezer, Rivers Cuomo, lead guitar, lead vocals, Patrick Wilson, percussion, Brian Bell, rhythm guitar, backing vocals, and Scott Schreiner, bass guitar, backing vocals. Have you ever met, um, have you, and I'm sure Scott has, but have you ever met Matt Sharp? No. Would that be weird for you, I wonder? Or would it just be like meeting another person? No, I don't, I don't think so. Because it is yeah, what it I'd is. I'd be cool with it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be cool with it. I don't have any animosity or weird feelings about it. Or Yeah, I don't think you, they could. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not like anyone did anything. Yeah. Random. Okay. So, and uh, Burn Jam appears on Maladroit, of course, and Make Believe, the live international bonus track, which was from 2005, and the We Are All On Drugs UK Retail CD Live 2005. So as far as overview and research, I thought that we should start with Maladroit as a whole and then come down to Burnt Jam because there wasn't a lot about Burnt Jam on Weezerpedia. So the Maladroit sessions, or also the Maladroit demos, were recordings made by Weezer during several recording sessions and live on the extended Midget Tour, which... It was a long time ago, so sorry if that's not PC. Um, mm. So it included the DC demos, BBC sessions, SNS demos, Steakhouse demos. What's that? The cello demos. I don't know. It sounds like I need to be there, though. Hopefully there was food. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the Glenn Sound demos and the Excited Midget Tour demos. Interesting. So I guess that the gist that I'm getting from this is that Weezer was touring. They were recording demos at all these different places, probably along the road. And soon enough, those demos turned into song recordings, which turned into Maladroit, mm -hmm. which is interesting because I don't think that they've done any other albums like that where they just gathered, you know, test demos and said these are going to be them. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Kind of like cooking. Yeah. Throwing them all together in a pot. There was a gigantic list of, of songs that they did at these demos, but Burnt Jam actually came from the cello. Cello? No. Came from the um, DC demos and BBC sessions. Uh. We should make a note to ask Scott about the steakhouse demos <laughs> yeah i'm i'm very curious i'm also hungry now <laughs> so tell us a few of the songs that were included on the this is just a little snippet uh that were included on these in these demo recording sessions right so 32 songs were recorded some of these include acapulco formerly puerto vallarta did i pronounce that right i don't want to offend any of our Hispanic listeners. Yes, you did. Puerto, you did. Good. Puerto, I can't roll the R. Puerto Vallarta. Very good. Okay. Better than and I would have done it. <laughs> thank you. I took one year of Spanish. Some of it sunk in. Okay. And then Burnt Dam, <laughs> Dope Nose, A Rescued SS2K track. What does that mission. mean? Yeah. What is SS2K? I don't know. Scott Schreiner 2000. That's how I read it. A rescued SS2K track. Sounds good to me. And mm -hmm. then there's Keep Fishing, 
Love Explosion, formerly You Want Me to Stay, Seafaring Jamb, formerly My Weakness. I want to hear I want to hear that one. I do too. And then there's Serendipity, which is a beautiful word. Initially, Serendipitous Jam. And that's different from Jamba. It's Serendipitous Jam with no B. It's regular, then, apparently. Yep. And then Slave, also Slob, which is a rescued SS2K track. And Take Control. I like Take Control. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, too. Good, yep. good bass, good Scott Schreiner bass on that one. Yes. I guess that at least one version of all of these songs were also released as free MP3s on Weezer's official site. And they let the fans critique the the songs on the message board. Mm-hmm. We already talked about that. That's a pretty brilliant thing to do. Yeah. But I feel like it also kind of bit them in the butt because, as we know, Weezer fans are can be mean. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you're trying to write something and you have people critiquing you, just I don't know. It just seems like maybe it was too too much sharing back and forth. You know, complicated. Whenever you you don't know what to say, just say it's complicated. Yeah, complicated. we're a complicated. Yeah, the fans are a complicated bunch, diverse bunch. Yeah, and I embrace all types of the um, the Weezer fans. Oh yeah. So I can't say that any opinion is right or wrong, but what I don't like is just like being angry and talking shit just for no reason. Like you have to, if you don't, yeah, yeah, that's different than just like, uh, I'm not a fan of that song or whatever, or just an air of superiority about it. Yes. It's like, if you haven't liked them since Pinkerton, then maybe you should stop listening to Weezer. Like maybe you don't, Maybe you aren't really a fan or something anymore. I don't know. Just keep scrolling. Just let it go. Let it go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So the the early recordings of Burn Jam were actually instrumentals, but they were later assigned lyrics. Did you know that? I did not. And we also listened to this just before we started to record, but there was a longer version with different lyrics and it is on YouTube. What did you mm-hmm. What did you think of it, Lori? It was like a more freestyle kind of jam, and I heard a, a little more singing from Rivers. There's also wasn't there some talking or mumble rap or something in the beginning? Something in the beginning, yeah. I heard Scott talking. I need to go back and visit it for sure. I I liked it. Uh, we'll have a link to it in the show notes if you guys want to listen to it. But I think it was cool. I think that. Um, the song should have been longer. I feel like they could have made it longer. Yeah. Uh, what's the standard? Like three thirty? Is that the mm-hmm. industry standard for, yeah. For Weezer, especially like mm. never over four. That's for sure. Yeah. That's getting crazy. But if you go below three, that's also getting crazy Yeah, for them. So did you, well, you know, this Scott Schreiner is first featured on the Weezer album, Maladroit. Yes. Is this what's your favorite album by Weezer? Do you have one oh off the top God. of your head? Would it's it really be this hard one? for me to say. It's hard for me to say. Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> can I can I have top two favorite of all yeah. time? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would have to say the white album is one, and the blue album. I'll say white and blue. How's that? 
Yeah, those yeah. are good. Yeah. I'm definitely white, blue, Pinkerton. Um, I think that's it. Okay. Although, and I think like if I could rewrite some stuff, like I think there's a lot of good songs on Red. Yes. It doesn't also Maladroit doesn't and Maladroit that don't get like as much attention as they should. Had they been on their own, like maybe I could take my favorites from those two albums, make a new album. Exactly. Malared, and yeah. then that might be up there too. Yep. <laughs> According to Wikipedia, Scott wanted a hidden track on this album called Are You Gonna Be? Do you know anything about that? That's another thing we should ask. Uh, yeah, I'll have to put that on my list because I, I had not heard that. I wonder if it has anything to do with Lenny Kravitz or... Are you gonna, really are you gonna be what? Be my That's way. my question. <laughs> are you gonna be... Ready? Good, bad. Yeah. Are you going to be there? Like what kind of question is, are you going to be? Deep. It's very deep. Yeah. So I found a couple things on the intranets. Uh, The Rolling Stone Reader's Poll, 10 Best Weezer Deep Cuts from 2016 by Britney Spanos, which I think I've talked about this one before randomly. Maladroit track, uh, Burnt Jam, is number four, according to the readers of Rolling Stone. And she says, or the Maladroit track begins sweetly until bursting out a heavy earth shattering riff in between verses about lost love. It began its life as an instrumental unit. The band decided to assign lyrics to the music and turn it into an album track for their 2002 release. That is a very accurate description of the song. I agree. And that is, I mean, to be number four is pretty good because I think the other three before it are from Blue mm-hmm. Album. So, yep, does a lot. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the Setlist FM article, or yes, according to Setlist FM, Burnt Jam has been played 104 times, once by a band called Petroform. Have you ever heard of Petroform? No. I did not. <laughs> It sounds it, wait, like... I have questions. This is weird. It's been played 104 times once by a band called Petroform. So, so that, Weezer played it 103. Oh, it's like a live, like at, world records thing? At uh, concerts, they've played it that many times. I, and this was, I don't, I'll have to see when it was updated last because they played it a lot last year or this year. Okay, so this, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm tripping. So it's been played 104 times live. Yes. And then once it was covered by a band called Petroform. That yes. we know of. That we know we of. We need to find that recording and who the oh, heck yeah. is Petroform. Yeah. And why they picked this song to, to cover one time. Yep. And never again. Who does that? Right. <laughs> I'm sure it's been covered elsewhere too. We just don't know about it. We'll never know. Yeah. I mean, if you know, go to Setless FM and update that puppy. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, according to Setlist FM, it was most recently played December 12th, 2018, so just a couple weeks ago, by Weezer mm-hmm. at Metropolitan Opera House in Philly. Did you go to that show? No. But Me neither. I, that would have been a banger. Yeah. Uh, it a, looked fun. I saw yeah. pictures. Yep, me too. There were fan clubbers there. I mean, um, an opera house. That's a big deal. Yeah, I wonder. It think. probably sounds amazing in there. Right? The acoustics? We don't have any opera houses, I don't think. 
in, yeah, in LA? I'm not sure. Don't down here where I'm at. Are you are you in Ohio still? No, or? I'm in I'm in South Carolina. Oh. Yes. Is that southern or that's still in the middle of the state or the country, right? Like I, kind of right in the middle? I am right on the coastline. Oh. Hilton so Head it is Island. Down. It's way I down. See. It's it's all the south you can go before you hit the ocean on the southeast side. How's the weather? It's great. I'm not going to lie. It's like 70 today. Nice. Yeah. It's like 50 here. Uh-oh. So better than me. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Moving on. So um, Pitchfork author Rob Mitchum in 2002 said that Burnt Jam revisits the tropical flair of Island in the Sun and is only a keyboard and a Letitia. Letitia? Letitia? What the heck is that? Is that like a music thing? It's like Lydia. 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 I'm sure it's Lydia. Unless I put it wrong. Um, away from being Stereo Lab, which I don't know anything about Stereo Lab, um, but can't resist falling back on Steel Toad Overdrive Theatrics in the middle. I mm. like it. Yeah, sounds nice. Are you familiar with Stereo Lab? I am. I think I actually saw them a long time ago in the early 90s. I think that they were popular in the 90s, but they're still, I think they're still popular, aren't they? Mm. They're a bit obscure. I don't know. What I'm would you fan. describe their music like? Like why, and do you agree with Rob? Kind of like spacey rock is how I would describe Stereolab, I guess. Okay. So then that doesn't make sense to compare this song to that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't see the correlation personally. Uh, Steel Toad it's... Overdrive Theatrics. Talking about the the guitar and the crunchiness yeah. in the middle. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Tropical flare of island in the sun. I disagree with that too. So sorry, Rob. I do too. I mean, I, I don't even know what your words mean. And um, <laughs> I guess it's not, I wouldn't call it theatrics in the middle. I would just call it like a jamming. I don't know. So my final thoughts are, it's a great song. Everyone should like it. I wish it was longer. I kind of like the longer version. It has a great bass, a cool melody. It's chill. And then it does rock and then come back to chill. And uh, I really like it. I agree with you. What, do you. what are your final thoughts? I agree with you 100%. I just, I got to say that I haven't thought about Maladroit for a long time. And when I started looking at the tracks and listening to it, I really just, I think it's underrated. Mm-hmm. And it's been such a long time since it was released. I mean, what did we say, 16 years? It's 16 years old? Yeah. Well, it's I about to think- be more. It's about to yeah. be 17 years old. It's, it's just, it's got a lot of gems in it. And I would, I would just encourage fans to revisit it because I, I hadn't thought about it. And when I did, I was, I was just reminded of what a great time that was for them as far as picking up new energy with Scott and the band and not to say that he's all that important or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like it was a, it was kind of a new energy for them. And just, you know, I, I love that Rivers is always trying new things. And that was, that was a very pivotal time for them. And I would, yeah. I would encourage people to take another look and just, you know, check it out. Yeah. Like, do you remember Scott, like the way back in the day, Scott telling you, like, I'm going to be in Weezer and how oh my God. you reacted? I'll never forget it because he told me on the phone, I think I was at work. It was, it was just really stunning. And he said, he said, Lori, I, I came home and there was an answering machine message from Rivers Cuomo. And he said, I thought it was a joke. And I just laughed hysterically because I was so elated for him. 
He said, he said, yeah, Rivers Cuomo left, no big deal. Rivers Cuomo left me a message on my answering machine and said, hey, you know, I'd like you to come down and you know, see if you're available to practice and cure relation, really. Was he, was he excited? Was he like, yes. no way? Yes. I mean, he's, he's had his run of good and bad experiences in bands, you know what I mean? And just to be propelled into that kind of fame is, it's a huge deal. So just. I'm super excited for him, and he was he was really happy too. But he's he's just got this calm demeanor about him, you know. I don't think I've ever heard him scream and yell in excitement too much. Like he, he wouldn't call me and say, "Lori, you'll never believe it. I just got into Weezer." It wasn't like that. It was more, <laughs> but hey, check it out. You know, he just has this calm and energy about it. It's admirable. Yeah, I I don't know how. I guess you have to hold it hold it together somehow, or it's. Uh maybe a, a man thing too. It's easier yeah. yeah. to, I don't know. He seems like a traditional person too. So, you know, yes. it seems like you guys grew up with like, you know, traditional family, good values. He went to the military, right? Um, all things that, you know, just very American and you guys are good people. Thanks. And so I think that also, that's kind of like, you know, a traditional man thing. You, you, I don't know, you keep it together and you, you're there for your sister and yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just a good person thing. Thanks. Do, are you ready to rate this bad boy? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll go first. I gave Burnt Jam a Laserized Rivers, a Lightning Strap, Scott in a Vest, Pat Jammin' on the drums, a Blue Album River's Head, and a Blazer Brian for a total of 13. And my rating is Laser Eyes Rivers, Lightning Strap, Scott in a Vest, Pat Jamming, Blue Album River's Head, and Blazer Brian also for 13 points. Solid number. So We Are Weezer gives Burnt Jam a 13. Yes. That's pretty good. That's really good uh, score, actually. Mm. Um, I'm glad we could talk about the song because I think up until now you haven't discussed it, right? No, we, this is the first time we're doing burnt jam or really talking about it. The only, we've done another Maladroit song. We did take control. Oh, okay. And I think, and I, I was just like you, I hadn't listened to Maladroit in forever. And in fact, when it first came out, I wrote it off. I didn't even, uh, care. Really? About it. Yeah, no, but I was in a different place. I was like. Uh, what was two thousand two? Uh, no, I was like hip hop. I was like going to the club. Oh, okay, so probably into like mostly hip hop and just a different time. Mm -hmm. So I think I wasn't ready for Maladroit, but now listening to it, I totally like it. There's a lot of good songs. I like. I don't know. I didn't know any of the the names of the songs. But I was looking yesterday, and I'm like, "Oh, that's what this song is called. I like it. the mm -hmm. The one that comes on after it, I think it's called like Space. What is it called? Oh God, Space Man, Space Radio. That's gonna piss me off. Space. I don't know. You guys know what we're talking about. Yeah. You guys have all the tracks memorized from Maladroit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that's it. Is there anything else you guys want to or you want to talk about before we do get the heck out of here? 
I just want to say thank you so much for having me. And um, it's been a pleasure. And if you'd like to be my Facebook friend, please be my Facebook friend. All Weezer fans are welcome. Yeah, I think I, I think I just randomly bugged you. No, you uh, added me on Facebook. And I was like, oh, my God. I almost died. <laughs> I'll tell my husband. Ah. Lori Schreiner has to be my friend on Facebook. I'm freaking out. And I think I wrote you something really nerdy, like it is an honor to be your Facebook Whoa. friend or something. And you were probably like, what a nerd. And um, gave me a thumbs up. And then I, after a while of doing the show, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ask, because I, I know you're a fan. It's like, maybe you want to talk about a Weezer song one day. I'm going to ask her. And you were really nervous about it. Yeah. Um, but it came together. You're you're fine. Plastic we did Jesus it. Only needed to come out once. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> we will be right back and we will say goodbye to Lori in just a sec. you everyone for listening please rate review subscribe to we are weezer on your podcast listening apps we're on twitter facebook and instagram at we are weezer you can email us at we are weezer forever at gmail.com if you would like to be Lori's facebook friend you can she's on yes. facebook Lori shriner and also on twitter at uh, as shriner nyc Lori, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's awesome. Hopefully you'll come back again. Any other song you want to talk about? If you want to do a maladroit discussion or talk about, we could talk about Jillian's book after it comes out. Yes. Um, yes. Thank you so much okay. for having me. I'm definitely down to do stuff in the future. Pleasure. Okay. And Weezer fans are the best fans in the world. I agree. I think that um, I have met so many nice people just being part of the fan club, I feel like I've made actual new friends and I don't know. It's just, just doing this podcast has been super fun and gotten me, I guess, great opportunities and, you know, it's, it's cool. Yeah. And also, I mean, just, I feel like the guys are cool and, you know, getting to know the people that are close with them just makes you feel like that much more closer like you know they're like good people you know and then I think you can stand behind a band more when you feel like that oh yeah what other music do you do you like Lori like gosh there's there's not a lot that I don't like it's just that I'm into you know certain phases like you mentioned you're into your hip-hop into club kind of phase you know what I mean yes. like I, I had this whole phase where I was in New York City you know, I, I was a rave kid in the late 90s, and I, I carried that on into the clubs when I was in New York. So for a while, all I listened to was EDM, house, techno. I didn't listen to anything else for years at a time. And, um, and I think it affects you when you isolate yourself. from the, just, There's just a huge cornucopia of things out there to enjoy. And I think mm -hmm. that music is the, is the best drug that we have as human beings, you know, and there's so many different styles that can evoke so many different types of emotions and 
lately I just, you know, I listen to a lot of stuff that's on the radio, you know, and I like oldies. I'm kind of in an oldies phase right now. What, like 60s, 70s, 80s? 50s, 50s, like 40s, 50s, doo-wop stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, when me, of course, I'm a huge Muse fan. I love Muse so much. Oh, me too. Oh, my God. And that I don't know how you feel about simulation theory, but when it first came out, I couldn't stop listening to it for about two weeks. Is that their new one? Yeah. I, I haven't even listened to it oh, yet. Oh, my girl. Listen. I need to? It's good. I love it. I thought it. Yeah. Um, the one, gosh, the last one with, I, I'm not going to be able to think of the name. It's like a trivia question that we can't answer. What was I the, hate that. And it happens like What was every the name time. of Muse's last album? But I really liked their first two albums. And then the third album was very different. Yeah. If you know what I'm talking about. Yep. And so this new album, would you would you say it's like more like that one? Or is it more back to their old school? I mean, I thought I read in the press that they were aiming for a more, tra- quote, traditional Muse, unquote, album. So it's definitely got those those elements, those basic elements that, you know, Muse got famous on in the beginning, but mm-hmm. there's definitely an eighties vibe to it. Oh, fun. Like an eighties electronica vibe to it that I haven't heard in their stuff before. And it's, it's a mesmerizing album. I think I just, I fell so deep in love with it when it first came out and I, I had to take a break I'm from it. It was definitely like, checking it out, <laughs> yeah. too much Muse. Yeah. I mean, I was like doing very intense drugs for like two weeks straight and then I had to take a break. And so I might have to go back. <laughs> I have to go back this weekend. I don't know. I I do that with Weezer CDs when they come out. I think I listened to the the crap out of Pacific Daydream. And now I'm kind of like, it's still in the car. And I'm thinking, I got to get a different album. I got to get a different CD in here. It's (laughs) good to switch it up. It's good to switch it up, you know. Yeah. Are you on Spotify at all? I am. I'm on the the free version right now. It's kind of hurting me. But um, yeah, I'm a, I think that one might be, I guess my handle is L Schreiner NYC on the okay. Spotify, but doesn't it automatically connect when you're on Facebook? Oh, maybe. Yeah. I'll have to see. Yeah, there's I, a little... I like to do that. I, um, I, depending on who you follow on Spotify, it tells you what they're listening to last or what they're into. Right. So I think Car- uh, Carl was talking about artists last time and I looked him up and I'm like, oh, that's a really cool person that I would never listen to had I not gotten the referral from Carl. So sometimes I can look and see like, oh, who's Jake Sinclair listening to right now? And like yeah. click on that person and and listen to the music and discover something new. It's fun. It's it's an excellent feature. I love Spotify a lot. I mean I guess I have a hard time saying that because I guess it's not the best thing for artists. Would you agree with that? Like um, as well, as money I wonder, goes, I don't know. yeah, I don't know. Cause they must pay the artists somehow with the subscription money that they get. I think that I'm the royalties sure. are super shitty. Like licensing and royalties must be super shitty. I've, I've seen a couple of memes of anti Spotify. Oh, wow. Sentiments out there. I don't know. I, I like it. You know what yeah. I'm going to say? Better than Pandora. Come on. Yeah. And it's also better than iTunes because iTunes is like a million dollars. It's like $3 for one song or something. Yeah, I, I totally gave up on my Apple loyalties like 10 years ago. I like the phones, but not. I don't like to listen to music on iTunes, just yeah. podcasts. Are you a podcast fan? Do you listen to any podcasts? I don't really. I know that's horrible to say. No. Being that I I'm mean, on a podcast. A lot of people but- don't. 
I guess I have too much ADD for for that. I do like Mark Marin. I'll say that. I like the WTF Mark Marin podcast. I've never listened to that one, but I know it's oh. really popular. Yeah. I listen to like true crime, music, just regular old comedy, all kinds of stuff. So I guess it depends on what you're into. Yeah, no, there's one that Scott told me about. Actually, it's called Last Podcast on the Left. Have you heard that? Oh, I love those guys. Yeah, I am a listener. Long time. Yeah, he suggested that to me. I haven't listened to it yet, but I know that's a that's a good cram one. <laughs> I like them because they do. They don't just do like serial killer deep dives. They'll do like ghosts and aliens, and they do like the whole gamut. Um, but when I first started listening to them, they were a lot. Like it's a lot to take in. They're they're loud and rowdy. Yes. So once you get used to that, it's all good. Um, so yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you, Brian, for the sound. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you again, Lori, for being on the show. It's a pleasure. And for your time. And uh, adios. We are Weezer, and I love you.